Hello and welcome to Big Creatrix Energy with me, Gabriella Rosie. I am an artist, business owner, creative consultant and all-round creatrix. This podcast is here to guide you through embodying your own creatrix within and creating the life and art of your wildest fantasies through self-evolution and expression. I am here to guide you through showing up in bigger, badder and bolder ways, owning your desires and creating with enthusiasm and intention. Book all up, baby cakes. It's about to get delicious as fuck. Hello, creatrixes. Okay, I have a fun episode for you today. And it's something that I don't think I've ever actually done before, which is a Q and A. The other day on my stories, I asked you all if you have any questions about running a product-based business and what you might wanna know about creating actual real life things, making products from your ideas and sharing them and selling those things online. And there are a lot of questions. So apparently there is a lot that you would all like to know. And look, I have so, so much to share with you about making products and how to do it successfully. You know, I've been selling products online in a multitude of ways for over a decade a whole entire decade, that is insane. And I've been doing it full time for almost four years now. So yeah, I've learned a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes and also had a lot of success with it. And I love that I can actually share this all with you so you can get a kind of leg up from my own experiences and take this information use it, apply it, and really hit the road running with it so you can have a successful product-based business if that's what you wanna do. You can apply it to your own products. I think a lot of this as well, even if you don't have a product-based business or you don't have intentions of adding products, or you do, because I really recommend that. Everybody, even if you have a service-based business, I think it's really valuable to have a physical product. It's a different way of connecting with people. Yeah, I can go on about that forever. But either way, I think there's going to be a lot that you take away from this episode in terms of creating and selling and running a business online. So I want you to really listen to what I'm sharing here. And you're probably going to maybe want to take some notes with it as well so you can actually apply the things because if we don't apply the things, if we're just learning things and consuming things but not actually doing anything about it, then shit all is going to change. Please, please, when you hear something that you know can get you to where you want to go, when you know this little tidbit of information is valuable, it is maybe a little adjustment or a big adjustment, but it's something that's going to create some change in you or some change in your business or the way that you're creating, whether it's from me or whether you hear it from whoever else, the change is only actually going to come from what you choose to do with the information, how you choose to apply it and adjust your behavior. So there is so much 
value that you can get from free information like in this podcast or from what I share on social media and I want you to apply it and to make it work for you and your visions in the hottest ways possible. And if you want to go deeper, yeah, there are so many other ways that you can work with me, like Card Career, which just opened for enrollment. Early enrollment just opened today. Full, big spectrum public enrollment starts tomorrow. And I want to chat with you a little bit about that course at the end of this episode. But what I have found for myself through consuming other people's work and other people's teachings and for enrolling in courses or for working with people one-on-one is that we can actually do so much with what is available for free. We can make crazy money from the information that is available completely free. And when we're ready to kind of send everything into hyperdrive and when we're ready to go deeper and make a bigger change over a smaller period of time, that's when we can also invest in courses and programs that deliver ease and direction and allow you to make huge things happen. I I see courses and like working with people and learning with pe- from people directly. It's kind of like a way to play with time. Like when you invest in, in a program that teaches you something in, in a really specific direction way, like you're having a specific result from from taking that program or through working with that person, it catapults your results. It gives you results that would take so much longer to reach alone if you were in charge of figuring out that information and gathering that information yourself and compiling it and road testing it and everything that goes into it. Like I know that with building out the the product side of my business, figuring out like how to actually design and produce and sell products has been something that's taken me thousands of hours of practice and learning and studying and researching and tens of thousands of dollars, real cash money to figure out. Like it has been a real process. And I reckon that when we learn something, then a really exciting part of that is that we get to pass that information along and we get to make it easier for those who are coming up and doing a similar thing. There is no scarcity. For me, I love art. I love decks and I want there to be more of it. I want there to be more art. I want there to be more decks in the world. It would be so fucking weird if I wanted my decks to be like the only decks in the world and that's what I like prioritize. That's such a fucking weird energy to have. Like I want people to create their own decks because selfishly like I want to own their decks. I want to use their decks. Everyone in Card Creator who finishes their deck, I buy it and I add it to my collection and they're so fucking beautiful and helpful and the greatest resources and things that I love to use every single day. And really the fact that I'm able to play a role in helping you bring your deck to life. And then I can like sit in my house like doing card pulls with your deck that is the whole dream. Okay, so let's get into some questions. There were some really seriously juicy questions that I actually want to expand into 
full episodes individually because as I started to write notes, it became clear that this would become a three hour podcast really quickly. And that's not really the vibe of what I do here at Big Creatrix Energy. We like manageable chunks around here. But that being said, it's still probably gonna be a longer episode than usual. And yeah, get yourself stuck in if you're having a little drive around, if you're just chilling at home, whatever it may be, enjoy. I'm so happy to chat with you. So let's start off with a hot question. So how to build a following from nothing to loyal customers. So no matter what, what you're selling, what you're doing, you're going to start with nobody interested in what you're doing, like no leads, no sales, whatever. How do you go from having like no traction, no one who's necessarily like interested in the thing that you're creating because you haven't released it yet. How do you go from that to then having loyal customers, to having repeat customers, to have customers who are the biggest advocates for the things that you create? I think the answer for that really comes in patience. And that's probably like the least sexy answer that you wanted me to give, right? But it's it's true. So the patience comes in doing your thing, creating your thing, sharing it, selling it, and doing that over and over and over and over again. Doing it consistently, dare I say, and having the patience for that momentum to build gradually. There's this huge temptation and you see it a lot in the online business space of like being an overnight success and this person launching something and quitting their job a week later and making whatever amount of money immediately and this thing just being an overnight success. When you really look at people who appear to be overnight successes, there's probably like a lot of years that's gone into into their craft, into figuring out what it is they create and being in a position to then create and sell and market that thing for it then to be successful. Creating something that's really valuable and really centered in your in your voice and is able to connect with people in the way that builds a loyal audience of customers, it takes time. And I think the a really powerful thing for me excuse me, a really powerful thing for me has been really collecting the evidence as I've progressed. And by that, I mean like taking notes, seeing if maybe one month I had 10 sales, the next month I had 15 and seeing that even though the difference of those five sales might not seem much in the, in the grand scheme of the goals and the vision that I had for my business, it's progress. That is evidence that this, that that month I had more sales than the one previously. I am getting towards my goal. And if I continue in the same trajectory of creating and sharing, I'm gonna get closer and closer to where I wanna be. I'm gonna be attracting more customers. I'm gonna be building my audience. I'm gonna be creating bigger, badder, bolder things in bigger, badder, bolder ways through the process of doing it. So when we gather the evidence that, dude, this thing's working, it is working. It might feel kind of not noticeable because it's just an extra five customers, an extra five sales in a month. 
that is progress and you need to give yourself a pat on the back for it because when you do that, when you actually acknowledge that you are building momentum, that you're getting to where you want to go, then that gives you the encouragement to continue going, to not quit. The biggest thing that stops people from actually achieving their dreams and getting the thing that they want is that they quit too early. They want an immediate big result and quit when they don't get that instantly. When actually the only thing that's going to guarantee you to get to where you want to go is just pure will to get there. The absolute resolve that no matter what, you're going to keep inventing new ways. There are always different things you can try out. There are always different things and ideas that you can have and ways that you can test them and ways that you can communicate with your audience that builds that stronger connection. Keep showing up, keep creating, keep sharing the things that you make and you're getting there. Take note of it. And this really falls into... Another question that was how to get more sales online. And there was a few questions about this, like how do I get more sales? How do I get better at selling? How do I get comfortable selling to my audience? And I think this is a huge one and it's almost like it it can seem like it's in conflict with the idea of how we see creative people, especially, which is like creative people are this kind of way and we don't want to big up the things that we create and we don't want to take up too much space and we kind of want to be a little hermit and that's, I'm definitely a hermit, but I also love telling people about the things that I've made. The way to get more sales is to talk about the things that you've made and put up links where people can buy it, show your products more. It's really like showing them, making them available, reminding people that the things you've made are an option for them to have. And if they click this link, they can buy it and they can have it in their cart and you can send it to them and it'll arrive on the doorstep next week. Are you telling people that your products are available? Are you making it known? Is it super duper obvious from the spaces that you have online of where your products are, where they can buy from you, where they can give you money for the things that you've created. And it doesn't matter at what stage of your business you're at, always, always, always have a way that people can pay you for the thing that you have available, for the things that you create. The way to get more sales online, the way to get more comfortable with selling, selling it really comes down to how much do you back the thing that you've created? And ultimately, like, how much do you back yourself? Selling becomes really, really easy when you love the thing that you're selling, when you see the value in the thing that you're selling. And I talk about this quite a bit of, like, do you see the value in your own creativity? Do you see the value in your ideas and in yourself? Because that is ultimately the thing that you're putting a price tag on. You're saying, oh, my my idea is hot shit. It's worth this money. I'm able to back it. I'm able to sell it with ease because I love this thing. And that's a lot of the reason why I constantly tell people, like, create what you wish existed. Because when you create what you wish existed, you would buy that thing. If that thing you've made, if you saw somebody else selling it, would you buy it? Well, then 
you'd be the perfect customer for yourself and that puts you in the perfect position to sell that thing. It becomes super easy because you understand the value that that product has. And I think a lot of the conflict that comes up around selling art and selling the things that we create is because as a society, the creative pursuits and art is generally really undervalued. It's ridiculous because creativity is the most valuable resource we have. Nobody can imitate the things that you create. You and only you in all of humanity has your unique viewpoint, your style, your way of approaching things, your way of expressing your ideas. It cannot be replicated and that alone gives just an infinite amount of value to the things that you create. And I think when we tap into that, when we understand that and we really begin to value ourselves, our ideas, it becomes really easy to then value the things that we create and go out in the world and sell them. Because selling is really just convincing people or not even convincing, but just like showing people the value of this thing. This thing is valuable because of X, Y, and Z. You want this thing because it's going to do this thing in your life. It's great because of this. This is why, like, don't make shit unless you're obsessed with it. Don't make things just for the sake of it. Make things that are so fucking specific and that the things that you wish existed, put yourself into these things. Make them so specific. Make them exactly the way that you want them. So when it comes to showing these things to the world, it's easy to see why it's the fucking hottest shit ever. And when you're obsessed with a thing that you've made, when you're able to convey the value in the thing that you've made, it's easy to sell. It's so easy for me to sell the products that I make, the courses that I make, the programs that I do, because I believe in it so fucking much. I know how valuable it is. I know how fucking cool it is. I know that if somebody else was making this thing, I would want it. I would buy it immediately. I'd be like, this is hot shit. I want it in my life. Where's the link? Let me have it. Get to that place and it gets so much easier to sell. I want to have a little word on comfort as well. So how do you get comfortable selling to your audience? And I think in in a lot of ways, I don't think comfort is necessarily something that we need, we even need to strive for or like put on a pedestal because for me, I think if I'm doing the things that I'm comfortable with, then I'm actually not allowing myself space to grow. When we're growing, when we're, when we're doing things that we're not comfortable with, that's how we progress. That's how we reach the next level. So if your goal around business and around sales is to increase your income, to sell things that you've never sold before, to create things and be able to have it be profitable, which is generally what businesses are, right? Then that's doing things you haven't done before. That's literally, by definition, stepping out of your comfort zone. So you don't actually need to feel super comfortable when it comes to selling things. You can actually, instead of trying to strategize and like force something to feel comfortable, why don't we just acknowledge that like, okay, I'm doing something different. I'm doing something I've never done before. So of course, like I, there's discomfort in that. And then 
meeting that where it is and showing up anyway, doing the thing anyway. And with anything, the more that you do the thing, the easier it becomes. The more you sell, the more you put yourself on Instagram stories, chatting to, to your own phone, the more you sit in front of your computer having a conversation with yourself like I am now, the easier it becomes because it just becomes more normal. You're used to it. Your brain knows what to do with it. You know how to express yourself in those situations. And of course, like the first time you do it, the, when you're getting used to it, when you're stepping into a new place, yeah, man, like it's gonna feel uncomfortable because you've never done it before. And that is entirely okay. And when we anticipate that discomfort, it just makes it easier. Like we're, give, we're cutting ourselves some slack. We don't have to completely eradicate discomfort our lives. And I think if we do, then we're probably playing small, we're playing safe, we're not actually allowing ourselves to evolve, really? Another question that I love was how much to invest back into your business after making sales? So especially when you're running a product-based business, the costs that are part of that, so actually buying the products that you're selling, there are a lot more upfront costs in comparison to doing a service-based business where the service is usually time-based, so there's not really like, there's much less of a monetary value attached to it compared to paying products. There are so many, so many different things that go in, involved with it of the production, the supplies, the website hosting, the shipping, all of these different variables that require you to spend money basically. And the, the old cliche adage, whatever it is, is very true. Like you got to spend money to make money. So the more money that you spend on new stock and new products, then the more availability you have to, to increase your profit margins, to make more money back, to have more products for sale available. So my general guidance here is to invest as much of the profit back into the business as you possibly can for as long as you can. Obviously, everybody has different situations and you might need to take money out to pay bills and cover your rent and whatever it might be. But as much as you can put back in, put it back in. So I started this business with $100 worth of prints that I got made. I got those prints made, I sold those prints, and from the money that I got from those prints, I put that to print in the first round of Bad Bitch Affirmations decks. And then when I sold those decks, I used that money again. I did another order of decks, a bigger order of decks. I sold those and kept repurposing that money in the business so I could increase the, the stock, so increase the number of products that I have and also the quantity of those products. And it really, that's how I grew, grew the business out. If I just immediately took the money from those prints and bought like a nice pair of shoes or whatever, or paid my rent, or whatever it was, then the business couldn't grow. The, the business would stagnate. The business would lose momentum because I was able to put money back into it and really continue to reinvest. That's how you're able to build momentum. So as much as you possibly can, put it back into your business and uh, like 
add to your your products, add to your services, improve like your packaging, reinvest in every single aspect of your business, improve your website, whatever it might be. Keep using that money to fuel your business and it's it is truly like a rocket fuel for it. Okay, so another question was, how do you know how frequently to have shop updates? So this is something that has been quite literally years in the process of figuring out. So for the first couple of years, it really was a process of me having ideas, working on that idea, releasing that idea as quick as possible and, you know, just throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks, basically. Testing out a lot of things. I didn't know what the structure of my business could look like. I didn't know what the structure of my business, what I wanted it to look like. It's trial and error of me playing with things, of seeing which things I wanted to keep doing, of which things I was like, oh, that's shit, I'm not gonna do that anymore. And through that process of spending a couple of years really allowing myself to be experimental, allowing ideas to fail, and through figuring out which ones were successful, and successful in terms of being profitable, of making me the most money, being successful in terms of really resonating with my audience, and also being successful in terms of me enjoying the thing, me loving the thing, me loving the product that I made. Figuring all that out, now it's really been in the last, I honestly, like in the last six months or so, that I've been able to see how I want the product structure of my business to go on. And also seeing my own energy and how I work and how my creativity works and kind of melding those two things together. So in, I did a masterclass a few weeks ago and it's an upcoming course that's going to be coming out as well called Transforming in Flow. And that was really about how to get to know yourself through your energy and through your creative cycle. So understanding what levels of rest and solitude you need, understanding what deep creativity can look like for you, and understanding how you can then take that rest and creativity and you know, put it outward into the world of putting it into, okay, now I've made these things, now I'm ready to share these things and sell these things. And understanding that rhythm for myself of rest, creativity and sharing has allowed me to kind of see how I can best structure my years. So now I'm going by like a a quarterly view of the year and having one month dedicated to rest and retreat, one month dedicated to deep creativity where I'm really working on bringing my ideas to life and going deep into making these things. And then one month where I'm really dedicating my energy to sharing and selling those things. And it's this really self-sustaining, beautiful cycle that works really, really well for me. And I've able to come, I've been able to come to this point through, yeah, getting to know myself, seeing how I work, seeing what I need and what I want and being able to structure my business to support my own personal needs and wants and how my creativity flows and not trying to force my creativity to flow into a traditional business 
structure, but actually building my business around how I can best suit my needs and the needs of my creativity. And from that structure, I've been able to come through this quarterly launch. So I have those three months of rest, creativity and sharing. And that's going to look like, I think I'm, I'm definitely going to go into this fully, fully next year. I've really been trialing it out the last few months. And I, I think I'm getting to a place where I understand it. And a lot of hiring my mom as my first employee is really a way to support this structure as well. That I literally am going to have the freedom to take a month off every quarter and just sit in my own little cocoon and read my books and think and have my ideas and like being able to build that support that is gonna you know like allow the business to still function and be profitable while I retreat and while I go into deep creativity without having to run the systems of the business so seeing that, having a look like how does your energy flow, really taking note of your creative cycle of how you can take care of yourself. So you're having space to have good ideas and have the things that you want to make and having things to actually put in your shop update, not just being like, oh shit, I need to release some products. Let me just quickly make this thing. No, that's not going to work. That's not going to be sustainable for you. That's not even going to result in the greatest work you can make. The greatest work, the most sustainable business is going to come when you take care of your needs, when you fulfill yourself creatively and give yourself the space to create in your fully expressed way. And then structuring your business like that. So for me, that's going to be quarterly shop updates. Okay, so let's talk about time management tips for when you're for creating products on top of running the business. So in in businesses, in all businesses, you have like so many admin things and like keeping track of your your books and your numbers and the logistics of running a business on top of like okay, you've got to be creating new products. Like where are these new products coming from? And the time management tip that I'd apply to that is understanding your creative cycle. Like how are you having, what conditions do you require to have space for having great ideas and space for playing with your ideas and seeing what they could become without you feeling like you've got a a pressure just boiling beneath you that's like, oh shit, you've got to create a product, you've got to release something quick, go, go, go. That's not how you're going to create hot shit. That's not going to how you're going to create the things that you are obsessed with. You you need time management isn't like okay, let's schedule an hour of creative time in your calendar on Tuesday and that's when you're going to have a really sick idea and that idea is going to form the basis of your new collection. Like it doesn't work like that. When you actually structure in time for rest and solitude and being able to consciously consume the things that really, really inspire you and to spend your time doing the things that inspire you and fulfill you, that's when you're able to build in creativity and time for creativity. There's no like quick hack trick to do it. Creativity requires 
chunks of time and it requires solitude and it requires dedication to to your practice and to developing your skills and to spending time percolating in your own ideas and I think when we understand that as as valuable as part of the of your creative business as any other part not something you have to fast forward to not something that you have to try and be productive with but understanding that fulfilling your needs fulfilling your desires is how you have the best ideas is how you formulate new ideas, your ideas, not just copy and pasting some other shit. So the time management tip there is to really like give yourself the freedom and build in the freedom to expand the space that you make available for your creative expression. And this is why I always stress having a daily creative practice, whether that's five minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, just having time that you dedicate to creativity every single day and minimizing the expectations that you have on yourself during that creative time. I don't want you sitting down and being like, right, I've got 20 minutes, I better have a sick idea. It's not gonna work like that. As long as you continually show up and you make space for creativity, yeah, the majority of the ideas and the majority of the things you work on are probably gonna be a little bit crappy, but through that consistency of building that creative practice and through connecting with your ideas and making time for your creativity, you open up the space for you to actually develop as a creative. And that's how you make hot shit and that's how you make it work alongside running the business. Okay, this is an interesting question. What are your thoughts on consistently creating new products versus restocking old products? So I love to build out like almost like a classic collection of products. So when you start creating things, you'll see things that really stick with your audience. The things that they love, the things that are really having like a big impact and a really growing like a cool following for them. I especially see that with decks of cards, right? Because it's this huge product. It's a deck of cards really has a whole message. It has a whole meaning and a story embedded into it. It's a bigger project. So a deck is a bigger project than say designing a t-shirt maybe. So you're probably going to want to have your deck of cards as part of your product range for a much longer time. It can, it's almost, it's like a book, right? You can have that book can be relevant forever. The deck of cards can be relevant forever. There's always going to be new people finding it. And I think the way that people use decks, and we'll talk about this because I've got some questions on, on, on marketing products and sharing the products and like how to get people ex- like to know about the thing that you've made. And so with decks, like people show their deck that show themselves using the deck that they've bought from you. And when that happens, other people see that deck and then they want it. So you've got to have it available for a longer period of time than just one season or one month for you to actually give it a chance to really be successful. It's a thing, especially I see, um, in the online space, like it has so much space to build momentum and to build a real cult following behind it. Especially with my affirmation cards, they really have this beautiful 
cult community around them. And the more that I, I, I've sold decks, the easier and easier it becomes to sell more. It's really become this thing that has a bit of a life of its own. I don't even really need to actively promote them. They're getting promoted every day through people sharing them. So it would make no sense whatsoever for me to discontinue the decks that I create when they're constantly building traction. There's constantly, every day I get new followers, every day I get new sales of people wanting to buy this deck, even though some of them have been available for four years now. So understanding that products can have a really, really long shelf life. You don't have to just move on to the next thing the next season and scrap everything and start anew. But that being said, you're going to want to create new products. And as an artist, as a creative, as somebody who's constantly having new ideas, this is amazing because you get to play with your new ideas. You get the opportunity to reinvest the profits from your expanding business into those new ideas and playing with new things. It would be so fucking boring if we had to just do the same thing and sell the same thing. Like that is just complete stagnation. That is the most boring thing to me. What I love is being able to have new ideas and work on new products and add them to the things that I've created and really build out a whole body of work, you know? So consistently creating new products, that's how we keep things fresh, that's how we keep things interesting, it's how we build momentum in our creativity and in our careers and in our business. So giving yourself the space to launch new things, having timelines maybe on when you're launching those things based on your own creative cycles is so fucking powerful. And something great that you will see happening is having repeat customers. So most people who buy from me will buy from me multiple times. I have so many customers who buy everything that I make, who order from me multiple times a year who buy things and buy it as gifts and it's so fucking exciting and it's the biggest um testament really to the thing that you've created when people buy from you and they want to buy from you again that means you're doing something right that means that you're delivering and they're happy with it and they're happy to, to spend more money with you so when you if you weren't creating new products, for example, and somebody would want to buy the new things that you have available, if somebody would want to be a repeat customer, but you just simply don't have new things that they can buy from you, well then you're cock blocking your own success there. You're stopping money from coming into you because you're having that resistance to making new things and allowing yourself to expand. This is why creativity is such an act of evolution because every single thing that we make is an evolution and an advancement on the last thing that we made. We use that process of skills that we gathered, experience that we gathered through the creating and through the sharing and selling. And then we can take that, all of that information into the new things that we're creating. And we're creating that next level of products and it's very exciting it's how you see so much progress I think so much of creating something is sharing it with other people and having it available to the world and that gives us a chance to see what that thing is beyond our own minds so 
yeah, create new shit, allow yourself to play with your ideas and continually be testing out new ideas. Okay, this is an interesting question. So I was asked, how do you sell if you're an introvert? Okay, so I am very much an introvert. I get that it might not appear as that because now I feel really comfortable showing up a lot online and I dress pretty colourfully and that's not something people stereotypically think about an introvert. But introvert just means that you you want to you need a certain amount of alone time you need a certain amount of rest to restore your energy after being with people and for that reason i think the internet social media is the most powerful tool that introverts have introverts thrive in social media in a way that i think actually surpasses people who might have more typically extroverted tendencies because we don't actually need to be face to face with people to express ourselves. We actually crave not to be face to face with people for a lot of the time. We like the fact that we can just sit at home. I'm sat in my office in my house recording this podcast. I share things. I do videos from my house in the comfort of my home where I can maintain my own energy and still be consistently sharing things and consistently selling things and taking care of my energy. You know, once you've recorded those like 40 seconds of Instagram stories, the camera's off, like you're in your own space. You can reserve your energy. You only have to show up and share as much as you want to. There are no rules that you have to follow, like you have to do this thing and that thing. You have to go live every single day, la la la. You don't have to do any of it. There are people who have insane levels of success in showing up in every single way imaginable. There are people who live stream their entire lives. There are people who have absolutely no social media presence. And there are people who are insanely successful in, in a myriad of ways doing all of those things. I think when we actually lean into our natural ways of expressing and allow ourselves the freedom to do that to our fullest ability. That's actually when we get to create our best work. That's how we actually get to build businesses that are sustainable for us to keep that level of energy going. We don't have to behave in any certain way to be successful. We only, we absolutely do have to show up you're probably not going to have success if you don't show up in some way. It's just how you show up is entirely up to your own definition. And you might as well show up in the way that best suits you so you can continue to do that thing. So you can literally manage people's expectations of how you show up, how you do share, how you do sell. It's entirely up to your design. Do not force yourself to fit whatever mould when you can actually build a thriving business doing exactly what you want in exactly the way you want to do it. That is so fucking true. And I think if more people leaned into their natural ways of expressing, it would be way, way easier. And there'd be so much less resistance and it would be so much easier to be successful in whatever ways you want to be. So the next question is, what do you do 
when you've sold half of your inventory and the orders stop coming in. And another question that was pretty similar was, what do you do when you're doing all the things but you're not getting sales? Like how do you figure out what you're doing wrong? And to both these people and to you listening, if this resonates with you, I want to tell you that you've never done all the things. You have never, you've never exhausted all the options. And that is exactly how, how business itself is an act of creativity. Because you can continually try new things, different ways of sharing your products, different ways of talking about the things that you've created. Every single thing that we do, we're collecting data on it. We're seeing what resonates and what doesn't resonate. And we can tap into, okay, this worked really well. Let me figure out like how else I can share something in a similar way. How else can I lean into this? How can I double down on that thing that felt really good and really resonated with people? That's where you're going to find your success. And everything's trial and error. Not everything's going to work. I don't care how far along you are in your business. You're going to have quote unquote failures at every single level. Things aren't going to work and things are going to work. And you're constantly in a process of testing trial and error. And I think if we allow ourselves to just understand that that's actually how businesses work, that's how it's actually always going to work and let go of the illusion that you're ever going to figure it all out and know, have a 10 step way of launching things. And this is how you do it from here on out. Like that's fucking boring. First of all, I don't want to do the same thing for the rest of my life. I don't want to have to get up on Instagram and post the same fucking story every single day. That's not going to work. That's not going to resonate with people because people will know if I posted the same fucking story every day, people are going to be like, yeah, we get it, Gabby. Change the tune. The The whole fun thing is that we get to be inventive. We get to create new ways of showing up and sharing the new products that we've made, of sharing the things that we've made in different light. So please don't ever think that you've done all of the things. Do not have that. It's it's a very like narrow way of, of, of seeing things. And I think it's very, it's very natural of thinking like, oh, I've tried everything. Like there's nothing left to try. When actually it's it can be little tweaks. We don't have to completely reinvent everything and, and you know make up a whole different thing. It can just be like, oh, if this if this thing, maybe you've made something and you fucking love the thing, you're obsessed with the thing but you're like, this is not getting the traction that I want it to get. It's not getting the sales that this thing deserves. Okay, let me figure out how I can approach showing this to people so they can see in the way I see it. How can I show every single angle of this thing? How can I share how much I love this thing and how excited I am about this thing so it gets so people get to understand the value of it it's seeing the value in the thing that you've created and conveying that value to other people and there is no limit to the ways that you can do that dude coca-cola have been selling the same drink for over 50 years i don't know how long and every single year they have a new alteration of how they advertise that thing. And it's the most advertised product in the world, but we'll still be watching a Coca-Cola advert and it'll be new things. And that's a fucking drink. 
that's one drink. The drink has stayed the same, you know? There's never a limit of ways of doing it. So when you feel like you, you've come to a standstill, when you feel like you're not, when momentum slowed down, okay, let's change shit up. You can always make adjustments. If you keep doing the same thing and you're expecting the same results, it's not gonna happen. Change your actions. Be bold, be brave. Just be experimental with it. Allow it to be fun. Remove the pressure of like, shit, I need to have the right answer. I need to find the right strategy and allow it to come from a place of, this is all experimenting. This is all just a game. It's all just, it's all just a fucking game, isn't it? <laughs> okay, let's talk about marketing and promotion. I was asked, do you use influencer marketing? Have you done press releases? Like, how do you get the word out about your products? So I've never worked with PR, I haven't really worked with like traditional media outlets like contacting magazines or like whatever that kind of stuff is. And I haven't really done um, the typical way that influencer marketing would be done, which is like creating a list of people who are in your kind of audience realms and, and mass sending out your products to them. But I absolutely have done social media marketing through the people that I'm friends with, like the people who I've built a relationship with over years and years of just like mutual obsession with each of us, ways of creating and expressing. And most of the time, people I'm friends with will just like buy my products and show their products the same way that I will with theirs as well, because we just love the things that each of us creates. And I also love sending my friends like the, the new things that I've created and sharing them with them and just being like uh, appreciative of their friendship. So kind of giving them a gift. And then a lot of the time people share stuff. So I think, I think the way, the, the, the most effective way of using social media as a marketing tool is through organic marketing. Like if I were to send out my decks to a hundred people willy nilly, then I don't really necessarily like have a relationship with those people. They don't really know me. They're maybe gonna share it, but probably not. It's just not gonna have the same traction. Whereas if it's someone who is already like a fan of the thing that I create, who are absolutely like in my world, in my sphere, we know each other, then it's gonna resonate. Like probably our audiences overlap. They're into the same things. Those people are actually like the target customers that you're wanting to reach. And the biggest thing that I, I, I want everybody to really, really prioritize is your greatest marketing, your greatest way for promoting the things that you create is through your customers. Your customers will be the biggest advocate for the things that you've created because they have bought it on purpose from you. They back the thing that you've made. And this is why it is so important to take care of your customers, to make the experience that you're giving your customers as amazing as you can possibly make it. Because these are the people who are gonna be the biggest advocates for your product. Since starting my business, since launching my decks especially, my revenue has doubled at least every single year. My following has continually been increasing without me having to 
really make much effort apart from just like sharing in the usual ways. But the biggest way that my audience has grown is through people posting about my products, through people posting about my decks and posting them doing card pulls. That is literally how 99% of my audience has found me from somebody else like posting a card that they've pulled and they've shared it on the story or they've put a picture of it on their feed and their audience has seen it and they've come to my page, they've followed me, maybe they've bought a deck, maybe they've just stuck around and enjoy the things that I create. That's literally how it's happened. Didn't know it was going to be that. Didn't know creating cards was going to be the biggest um, like promotional strategy for, for marketing and growing an audience and growing an income. But here we are. Um, and the reason for that is because these customers who've bought this thing, they're using it in their lives. They're using these decks as part of their morning practices, as part of that it's become a tool in their arsenal for their own, you know, inner work, healing work, whatever it might be. And they're wanting to show that with their audience. They're wanting to show how they're using this thing that they love. So then it's really, really organic. It's not telling someone that you want them to post something. It's someone just being excited about something. And I know when, whenever I'm, you know, wanting to buy a new skincare or like when I'm like, oh, I need to get a new fridge, whatever. I'm probably going to ask like my mates and like the people I know or like if I see someone with a cool fridge, I'd be like, dude, where did you get your fridge from? Give me the hookup. I, I have no idea why I'm talking about fridges. I don't even need to buy a fridge. What the hell? But you know what I mean? Like we're probably going to take um, advice and recommendations from the people that we actually know. And because of the way the internet works, like the people who I follow, who I pay close attention to, whose posts I'm really excited to see every day, they feel like they're, I mean, a lot of them are people I know, but even the ones that aren't, like I trust their opinion. I, I, I'm into like their view of the world. That's why I follow them. So I'm going to take their recommendations a lot more strongly rather than just someone who I'm not really connected to who's randomly posting about something because I got paid like $50 to post it. It's just like, yeah, when you support the people who are in your community and in your sphere and you put them the majority of your energy into, into that and into building those relationships, that's when you will have massive, massive returns on your work. And this really plays perfectly into the next question, which was about packaging. So like, how can you do good packaging? How can you make your orders look cute? How can you make them look like beautiful parcels that come through people's doors? How do you do it? Um, I've been going through this this past week because I've been showing my mom like how I pack orders, like what my, I'm seeing my ridiculously high standards of how I pack orders. Um, just telling her like the specific ways that the tissue paper has to be folded and all of the details that I love to put into all of the orders. And um, yeah, I was talking to my mom about it and I was saying, my like personal motto that I have for my business is to delight every customer. And like, I think that actually sounds really fucking cheesy when I say it out loud actually, but okay. Um, but I want to delight every single customer. So everyone who works with me, whether they buy a product, whether they 
work with me through a course, whatever it is. I want this the service, the product that they receive to to really surpass their expectations of it. I, I don't want to just... Do you know like when you order something from like whatever generic store, like if you ordered a book from Amazon, the book's going to arrive. It's going to be the book that you ordered, sure. But it's probably just going to be in like a simple brown envelope. You open it and that's the book. Cool, thank you. That is the service I wanted. It's it's nameless. It's not a personal thing. It's just, this is what I wanted. It arrived promptly. I have it. Cool, thanks. You did the job. When you buy from a creative, and when it's a creative who you build some kind of relationship through following them online, that is a very different thing and a very different experience that people are investing in. So I think it's really your responsibility as a creative, as a shop owner, as somebody who's selling products to over deliver, to really delight people with the order. So when somebody receives an order from me, I want it to kind of be like, uh, a caricature of the of the brand Gabriella Rosie. So I love the colour pink. There's pink all over my house. It's no it's no secret that I like the colour pink. But with my orders, it is a fucking pink explosion. Okay, it's so bright, it's so colourful. People have hot pink parcels waiting for them on their doorstep. They open it, it's filled with colour, it's filled with free stickers and postcards. The whole thing is an experience. It's not just a deck thrown in a box. It is a curated experience. And I think if I were to break down like the time that I spend packing these and now the time that me and my mum spend packing these orders and if I were to look at the fact that I handwrite an order for a uh, uh, handwrite a note, sorry, for every single order, and I design stickers and postcards and buy all these things separately as part of orders. If I were to add up the money from that, I mean, which I do as part of my accounts, but like when I look at those numbers, it's like that's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of fucking time, and it's worth it. It's so fucking worth it because what I'm doing is I'm creating an experience for my customers that goes above and beyond. That isn't just a deck thrown in a box. This is a whole experience and being able to give people these little bonuses makes it something that's memorable, makes it something that they're going to want to share, they're going to want to recommend, they enjoy it. I want people to be happy. I want people to feel fulfilled when they they buy and they work with me. Like I don't want it to just be like, oh yeah, that is that's that. Okay, I guess. No, I want it to be a fucking amazing experience, and I know that I can do that through just making a little bit of extra effort. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It actually becomes really simple once you've figured out what it is. It's just making an effort to write a note, making an effort to you know, be really intentional about the shipping materials that you get and the packing supplies that you use, but still being intentional about it, making the effort, you know? So, um, and I think also when it comes to having like 
cute packaging, having aesthetic packaging, having it be an experience. I don't think it's necessarily about me being like, okay, this is where I order this from. These are the things that I get. This is this blah, blah, blah. Because actually the best experience that you can give your customers is that double down experience of what your brand is. So using your brand colors, like using having extra bonuses that align with what it is that your brand is, what it is that you create, you know, really giving somebody that going that extra mile, isn't it? All these cheesy like customer service things that actually make real sense, truly. (laughs) Right. And I have another question on shipping and sending orders out. So I was asked, how do you have such low shipping prices on international orders. And that kind of shocked me because it is like a big frustration I have um, because a lot of my orders are international. The majority of my orders are international. I'm in Australia. I do have a lot of really lovely Australian customers as well, but probably over 50%, definitely over 50% of my orders go internationally. And because Australia is very far away from America and the UK, which is where the majority of my orders go to, those shipping prices are pretty chunky. And it's it's been like a frustration for me that there's nothing that I can I can do. Like I'm so grateful that we can even send stuff around the world. Like that is amazing, sure. Um, but yeah, it's annoying that that space exists basically is my, my war here is that I'm annoyed that we can't just fold space and time, but we can't do that. So we need to send things by post. And of course that, you know, that's going to cost money. And as much as I wish people could just pay the price for the products and have it in the palm of their hands, shipping is a real thing. And this is something that I talk about in Card Creator, I talk about it with my one-on-one people who are building out their own product businesses as well, of how serious you actually have to take shipping prices. Because when you're sending out hundreds of orders, if you are making like even a slight miscalculation on your shipping costs, then you are eating shit with it. That accumulates fast. You need to make sure you are calculating the correct shipping prices for every single destination you're sending it to. And that's actually a lot simpler than I just made it sound. Um, I use Squarespace, not sponsored, but they should sponsor me because I recommend them to everybody. But it's actually really simple to put in your shipping zones and your shipping weights, but just making sure you're doing that correctly and looking at the actual prices and making sure people are paying the correct amount of shipping. So you're not taking the cost of it because if you are taking the cost of it, then it's cutting into your profit. And before you know it, you're not even making any profit and the business will be costing you money. That makes no fucking sense. Come on. So the to get back to the actual question of how I have low shipping prices on international orders, that actually comes in because I, I have a business set up with Australia Post, which is who I ship with. And when you ship over certain quantities, you actually get discounts on the shipping price. So when you're shipping however many hundred orders a month, it takes the price down. Um, and there's no way there's no way to like 
get around that you just have to adjust your shipping prices accordingly as you move into like new new brackets of shipping so um if you're only sending out a few orders please don't feel the pressure that you have to deduct your shipping prices be like if people want to buy from you they're going to buy from you they're going to get the thing they will understand that shipping costs are just the way that shipping costs are and and that you can't really get around it but the good thing is when you grow and when you're building this momentum with your business and your order quantities are increasing you're going to be able to reduce those shipping prices which is really amazing and i love that i've been able to do that for my customers it just alleviates this weird shipping fee guilt that i have um but also another thing that plays into it is having building yourself to the point where you're having those um, regular shop updates. So instead of randomly re um, randomly releasing products multiple times throughout the year, if you think, for example, if someone's going to pay one shipping cost for one product, whereas like if you're able to release collections of products and someone's going to order multiple things from you, then it makes the shipping price make a lot more sense so that's something that I've really been taking into account and something that makes me really want to prioritize having full collections of products launching so I can really take care of my international customers and make it so they they can spend even less money on on shipping yeah that's kind of how I do it so I have another question about pricing and that was is there a strategy for your pricing or do you go intuitively listen listen it is a hundred percent strategy based please please especially when it comes to products that have real costs associated with them real costs of producing real costs of your supplies of your time creating these things and preparing them whatever it is that you're making there are real cash money costs that apply to it please do not just pluck an idea out of the air please my general strategy for pricing a product is i will take into account every single um production cost that goes into it so having the thing made having the, the supplies that it costs for me the time the handling the whatever it is all of these things that go into account and my rule of thumb is to times that cost price by at least 2.5. Now, when I work with people on pricing their own products, this can sometimes come up with like resistance with people of being like, times it by 2.5, that seems crazy. Why? That doesn't make sense. Am I allowed to make that much profit? And it's kind of hilarious to me because if we were able to actually look at how much corporate companies price up and mark up their products 2.5 doesn't even come close to it if you think about huge companies that are making quantities in the millions quantities in the hundreds of thousands of products and they're marking it up to 10 times the cost price more than that okay when you are running a small business you're you're not able to compete with those profit margins of large businesses because i'm not producing a million decks at a time dude i cannot fund that we are not at that level quite yet so the profit margin obviously is going to be a lot smaller and we need to 
still value the things that we've created and understand that it's absolutely worth 2.5 times the, the price of the pure cost materials. Are you kidding me? Do you understand how many other prices, how, how many other costs you have to take into account? Too often I see creatives completely ignoring the fact that they spend hours and hours of their time creating these things and working on these ideas. We need to be charging for our time. Otherwise, it's not you're not building a business. I think this is a big disconnect that happens in the creative space when you're turning your creativity into a business. You can't just be doing it for the goodness of your heart, you know? I think we can't just be like, oh, you should just be fulfilled that you get to make your art and you should just eat shit and lose money on the, on the profit of it. Fuck no, your art is valuable. This comes back to what I was talking about earlier. Your art is valuable. People want to pay you for your art. It's worth the price that you're putting on it. Stand firm in that. If it doesn't suit people's budget, whatever, that is okay. That's why it's also valuable to have a range of different products at different price points that it can suit different people. But that does not mean you are undermining your need to make profit margins that actually work for you. So please, at least, bare minimum, is 2.5 the cost price. Do not go just intuitively plucking out numbers. There is strategy to this. If you wanna have a profitable business, you have to apply strategy to it. Believe me on that. Okay, got a little bit heated on that one because <laughs> clearly I believe very, very strongly that creatives deserve to be paid that we deserve to thrive from our art. That is the type of world that I wanna live in where artists are happy and fulfilled and supported and I wanna have more money so I can support more artists and I can you know, help people build the things that they wanna build and that is the world that I wanna live in and I believe in it so fucking strongly and I want you to back yourself so fucking hard and I will, never stop ranting about this I promised you that so okay I knew I knew this would be a big one and honestly this was me trying to be brief with these answers and that's why you know I'm gonna go into a lot more depth on some of these questions and some other questions that I got in in upcoming episodes but if um if there's anything in particular that you want to hear more about, hit me up and I will, yeah, I've got a, a, a lot more to say about it, a lot more of advice and guidance to share with you. So let me know what you want to know. And if you would like to dive into making your own product, specifically your very own deck of cards, then I have to let you know that Card Creator is available for enrollment now at long last. I only open this program twice a year and it's been open since this morning and I'm already blown away by everybody who's joined. I've been DMing people about their ideas of the decks that they're gonna create and I'm so excited to spend the next three months working with you in bringing this deck to life and creating it and having your product out in the world doing hot shit. Yes, fuck yes. So I'll be sharing so much more on this program over the next few weeks. We start on the 2nd of December. So yeah, we've got, I've got, we've got time to talk about it. 
But if you put yourself on the wait list, then you will now have a cheeky little email in your inbox that gives you access to early enrollment plus a few little early enrollment bonuses. These are only available for the first 24 hours. So until 9 a.m. tomorrow, Australian Eastern Standard Time. So yeah, get in now if you want to take advantage of those. And if you want all the information, all the details, you can go to gabriellerosie.com forward slash card creator. Full public open enrollment starts tomorrow. And if you have any questions about the course, drop me a DM. I'm always available to chit chat. I'm so excited to guide you through making your own deck. Maybe it's your first physical product. Maybe you're adding it to your range of offerings. Either way, this is going to be insanely impactful. Let me know what you thought about this episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to leave a review and to share it on your Instagram story, share it with your people, share it with somebody who you know would actually, you know, gain something from this episode. That does so much and I really appreciate it a lot when I when I get those messages and I get those tags. It really, really makes my whole day. Um, all right, so remember, you can be, do and have anything and everything that you desire. I will speak to you in the next one.